I hate everything about this. And welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing pretty good. Today, we are talking about volume two of the revolutionary girl Utena manga, which is called To Plant. Hold on, I'm going to flip to my page in the manga so that I can... It's literally the subject of this chat. (laughs) It is To Plant. Well, that is fair, Jeff. To Plant. Volume two, To Plant. And here, to help us talk about this, you have already heard one of their voices, our dynamic duo of guests, Jeff and Jenner. How are you guys doing? Oh, uh, I, 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 I'm I totally ready, ready for this. But, but I'm ready for this? <laughs> I made a mistake, and I told Jeff and Jenner the wrong chapter to read, much like I did with Teresa last week. I will be better about this. I swear to God, I didn't intend for this to be so terrible but she wasn't better about it next week jeff and jenner have graciously read the chapters that they needed to in order to talk about this before we recorded and hi i hate it i'll I'll see you guys that was a great session see you guys next time (laughs) listen i've never read it a hundred pages of a book several minutes before i had to talk about it before it's fine (laughs) how does everyone feel about the manga um, no, really, I hate it. It's terrible. The, the anime is so much better um, in pretty much every way. I, I like Togo's uh, reasons better than his reasons here. Uh, I like Juri a uh, hundred and no, no, no. She's like two hundred percent better in the mm-hmm. in the anime than in the manga. Manga Juri is terrible, and and please put her in the garbage. Um, Mickey's reasons are so much better in the anime than they are in the manga. Um, the an- the anime is just superior to the manga in every way, and I'm not saying that as like this grognard. I'm saying this is somebody with a good and exacting taste who you should who you should listen to and agree with. What about you, Jeff? I feel like the manga is very pretty but lacking in substance. True, Alice. Um, I think the manga the manga is beautiful. I just keep saying manga because I'm a bad person. I say manga too. Don't feel bad. Oh well, that definitely makes me feel like a non bad person. It does, in some ways, it lacks substance. In other ways, I feel like there are, this is, this actually, the volume that we did now is where it starts to get interesting as how it diverges. Um, Because there are a couple of key divergences between where where the manga does stuff that's actually really cool or that, I don't know, that that just, it does the same thing, but does it in a very different way. Um, There's one of them actually I'm going to talk about in this one. Yeah, because when we did the manga last episode, it mostly followed the same general plot as the episodes in the same, like, chronology, basically. But here is where it greatly diverges from the plot and also characterization that is set up by the anime versus the manga. And I think that's going to be our big talking point as far as talking about the manga in relation to having watched the anime before, the way in which these two versions of the story are so incredibly different. 
Right. And an interesting thing to note that I was noting with um, Jeff is that um, we'll get to it, but Juri in the manga acts a lot like Sanjo and Chigusa acts towards the protagonist in the revolutionary girl in a visual novel. Yeah, if you guys yeah. are not aware from just listening to this podcast, Alice and I joined Jeff and Jenner for a section of the Revolutionary Girl Utena Sega Saturn visual novel game. It's called Story of the Sunday Revolution. Yeah. It is a an entirely different story from either the manga or the anime, even though it kind of like has some of the same beats some of the same characterization a little bit it has its own entirely different story and yeah i would say that jury in this version kind of does seem a little more like sanjoin in the visual novel which is an interesting comparison that i hadn't actually thought about until you just said that yeah we're, we're experts now Jeff and Jenner are the foremost experts on the Revolutionary Girl Utena Sega Saturn game. I've beaten this game like 10 times because I had to record every route and Jenner is not great with the technology, you might we might say. I have have this curse. I have this terrible curse where if I if I interact with technology in any way, here's a here's a quick story. So we're recording a, a tabletop session, and everybody's voices are really quiet, but we use a bot called Rhythm to play music. And when I turned up the music on the Rhythm bot, it turned up everybody else's volume. Oh, oh my god. Reasons. Who knows? Oh no. I'm going to look into this Zencaster thing. It looks nice. Zencaster yeah, is pretty great, admittedly. But one other thing about the visual novel, it's extremely canon. Nothing in the, in the game happens that would invalidate any canon in the show. If you guys ever do a visual novel episode, we're calling dibs, just so you know, because we're the experts. We did stream a little bit of it for our uh, podcast birthday, as it were, and I think it would be actually a really cool idea to do at least like maybe one or two episodes about the visual novel, because it is fascinating, that visual novel, not only just in the way that it is but also just like the story that it kind of tells which i don't really even know the whole scope of but you guys know all of the ins and outs of by now oh oh goodness so if anyone wants to actually watch this we it's on the lp zone we'll put it we'll give them a link so you can put it in the the show absolutely something but uh i want to say that the well, for one, it's extremely high effort. Like every, it's entirely voiced. The entire game is has dialogue from the actors from the show. Um, Kozue is extremely accurate. Yes, she is. Everyone, everyone really is. Like, uh, especially like uh, Seondi's route, which which Panda and Alice did with us, is an experience because his motivations are weird and specific. Our favorite green shithead. Second only to me. Hell yeah. But yeah, back to the topic of this episode, volume two, to plant. Do we have to? We do. <laughs> Technically, we do have to talk about this for this episode. But oh, <laughs> before that, choo-choo dabs in the first book. Okay. <laughs> nice. I'll, I'll have to get a picture of that so I can post it with this episode. I'll give... It's on my Twitter account. I already did it. I'll give a <laughs> brief summary of 
what happens in this volume so that we can talk about it. Sanjuine, or Sanjuine, I'm still stuck in visual novel mode. Nice. Sayonji wants to fight again. He goes to stab Utena and she's saved by Toga because at the end of the last chapter, like he challenged her at the dance or whatever. Nobody cares. He was also like going crazy. He wasn't just like challenging. He was like yeah. assaulting her. Yeah, this challenge was not a normal I challenge you to a duel type thing. This was him no. being upset at the dance and deciding that he's going to challenge Utena to a duel right then and there. He challenges Utena to a duel and he goes to cut Utena, but she's saved by Toga, whose shoulder gets cut in his attempt to protect her. And Jury slaps Utena because afterwards, like when Utena's all like, oh my God, like it's my fault that Toga got cut by the sword. But like, it's not really her fault, but she doesn't know that because she's precious. And Jury... We've kind of alluded to this in this version of the story that Jury is in love with Toga and it's terrible, but it's something that we have to grapple with as we go through this part of the manga because it is a fact of the manga. Jury's in love with Toga and so when... Uh, not canon. Sorry, go on. When, when Utena is freaking out because she thinks that toga getting stabbed is her fault jury's like it's not like he likes you or anything and well, she, she's more like it's awful presumptuous to assume that it's because of you yeah basically and not be just because you're a duelist but also jury is like super sundere in this version like even more so than the anime i would venture to say Agreed. Utena meets Mickey and Mickey assures her that he does not want to duel because he thinks that it's wrong. Utena thinks that he's very sweet. Seonji gets suspended for two weeks because he stabbed Toga. Uh, Jury loves Toga, I guess, is what I say in my notes. And also that I hate this because I do. Utena brings Toga flowers after his accident because she feels bad and also because, like, it's a nice thing to do, I guess. Jury is jealous of how great and athletic Utena is. She's bullying Utena. At some point, she attacks Mickey with, like, a real sword and they're, like, not in their, like, fencing arena or whatever. I don't know. I think it's like a... This is the second time now. This is the second time somebody has attacked Utena with a real... Well, third time that somebody's attacked Utena with a real sword. I want to make... Anyway, I would like to stop you for a second and say that all of Utena's outfits and her sports get-ups in this chapter are extremely good. One of the things that I really like about the manga as opposed to the anime is that we get to see Utena in a lot of different outfits, whereas in the anime, she stays strictly to her either her prince uniform or incidentally she gets other outfits but like in the manga she changes clothes all the time she has plenty of clothes and that's something that i like about this version specifically even if i don't like most of the things about this version um later that night choo choo is messing with utena while she is trying to sleep and it's because Toga is outside her window. They go to the dueling field and it kind of feels like there's that episode towards the end of the anime where like 
Toga admits like his feelings for Utena and they're kind of like at the dueling arena by themselves. And mm-hmm. this scene, I don't know if like you guys felt this way, but it felt really reminiscent of that episode of the anime for me, which was really weird because like that's at the end of the anime and this is towards the beginning of the manga. Yeah, it did. Right. I, I had that same thought when I was reading through it. It looks like, uh, according to how many books do you have, uh, Jack? Because I've got five, I've got five here. So I, I have one gigantic tome, Jennifer. Okay. So I've got five so I bought the books. Box set. So it's like they condensed all these, all the entire anime is like condensed down into this manga. So maybe like their duel, that uh, Toga's doing his nonsense with it now faster because their duel happens sooner in the manga, maybe? Yeah, like Toga as a character is. He still feels pretty manipulative, but he doesn't feel as manipulative as in the anime because, like, in the anime, we have, like, clear evidence of, like, how he's manipulating everyone around him. But, like, there's the illusion of some sort of sincerity when he's talking to Utena a lot of the time. And that's the same sincerity that we see from him at the end of the anime. Yeah, one of the one of the divergences um, between manga and anime is that they both have the sa- a same character arc for Ar- Toga. The difference is that the anime goes way farther down with him, and by the time you get the upswing, it's almost over. The manga has Toga across the board being a way more decent human being. Much like the movie. You say that, but he yeah. kisses her out of nowhere. I mean, he's I'm not, not saying he's good. Right? I'm saying he's less evil. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because generally in these things, you tend to assume that, like, the book gives the characters a lot more space to breathe than, like, the, the show does. Mm. But it's the opposite in this case. Like, there's a lot more characterizations. There's a lot more room for these characters to develop over the course of the entire series than there's been so far in this anyway. Are we still talking about time loops? <laughs> We're not talking about time loops. I feel like this Dang just it. sort of speaks to the difference in the way that Ikahara and Saito characterize their characters. We get a lot of long, drawn-out, manipulative, evil bullshit from anime Toga, but, like, manga Toga seems... He's not entirely sincere, because, like, obviously he knows more about the inner machinations of what is going on than everyone else does, but, like... I don't know. He seems less of an asshole in this. And maybe that's just because we don't have as many, we don't have as much time to develop his manipulative side as maybe the anime does. But like, he does seem a little bit more genuine in this version. Yeah. I mean, he's manipulating Utna, but it's like the manipulation is a lot more direct in this it's not as subtle because there's not the space yeah and i also feel like we could probably talk about like the gender politics of like the difference between saito's interpretation of him being manipulative versus ikahara's but like i don't feel like getting into that tonight here's a here's a blanket statement i want to see what y'all think about this Mm -hmm. saito's characters saito's versions of these characters are less larger than life Ikuharas, but they're more human. They're definitely more grounded. Everything about the manga in comparison to the anime is significantly more grounded. 
They're definitely more heterosexual. That too. We'll get to that. I well, promise. You're not wrong. Like Toga is less evil, but in the manga, it's like in the anime, he ends up he comes across as this absolute just paragon of of manipulation. But in the manga, yeah, he just like comes Machiavellian. Yeah, in the manga, he's just a real, he's just a manipulative but spoiled kid. Like he he's a he's a teenager, maybe a very it's not particularly a good teenager, but he feels more like an actual teenager and not like this weird mythological being of manipulation. Like everyone ends up kind of being in one way or another in the show. Yeah. I mean, you make good points, but my cat is disagreeing with you. So admittedly, again, this manga is significantly more heterosexual than the anime in a lot of ways including the fact that jury is in love with togo which is blasphemy and which is a thing that i will not accept even if it is presented to me as clearly as it has been in this version of the story i refuse to accept it yeah so like about that so after they have the scene at the dueling arena like jerry just shows up and invites utna to a duel right then to not yeah challenge her, exactly to like utna is just like telling toga about like her prince story or whatever she's letting him know like about her history or whatever and then jury comes up and sees them together and she's like she's been jealous of utna this whole time and i guess this is just like a big fucking anger point for her because she's like, I challenge you to a duel, Utana. That's not what she says, but like, uh, I, I kind of hate this. Even though she does fight Utana in the anime, I hate the way that this has panned out in the manga. Holy shit, no. Oh no, oh someone's God, alarm went off. Can't take you anywhere. So what I was going to say about this is they obviously duel and Utna wins. She gets the power of Dios, comes down and yep. wrecks Jerry. But the thing about like the, the duels between Utna and Jerry in the show is that ultimately Jerry gets owned by herself in every single duel. Like it, She's the one that wrecks herself yeah. the most. And in this... She gets wrecked by her external feelings for for Vatoga and by extension Utna beating her because of that. Which I hate. Jerry should always be ruining her own life in okay. these situations. She should never What's be ruined that by someone quote else. From Night in the Woods, if you're gonna if someone's gonna ruin your night, your night it should really should be you. Yeah. Yeah, if anybody's going to ruin your night, it should be Exactly. That is exactly how I feel about Jury, too, is that, like, I hate this idea that she's, like, so caught up in Toga that she needs to make this happen. I love the idea that she is just, at every turn, defeating herself, because, like, that's a much more compelling story for me. I kind of thought originally, like, before it was, like, very explicitly that she likes Toga, I was kind of expecting her to go for more of a, like, she's disgusted because Usna seems to be fawning over him. Like, which, which and then not. I was disappointed because that would have, I would have actually liked that a lot more as a, as a character motivation. I would like, have too, actually. That's a really interesting idea. The concept she, that. She's, a, she's like that a little bit in the, in, the, in the anime. Like, she's a little, like, not disgusted, but she's a little. Like in the towards the end, she seems sort of disappointed by the fact that Utsuna is so like just glibly taken in. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like wow, I really thought that you were you were better than this, but I guess I guess you weren't. 
Yeah, but to, to be fair, that's a thing that Jerry hates about herself. Yeah, too. exactly. Which, again, goes back to the whole – that's a big failure for me for, of Saito's depiction is that Jerry's whole modus operandi is – self-destruction yeah i feel like that's maybe just a part of jury that saito didn't understand when making the manga initially but considering the new chapter that has come out that i still haven't finished by the way as of this recording i still have not finished the new chapter it seems to be something that she has grown to understand at least like in the way that I would hope one would understand for making a manga about this character. She seems to have like gotten a better idea of Jury as a character aside from the way that she was characterized in the initial run of the manga. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of curious what, I mean, we're, we're going to get to this part, but at, at one point in the manga, um, Utna asks Jury, or, or will ask, like, why would Jury want Anthe? And it's obviously for the power to revolutionize the world at this point, because unless Jury's by, but she seems very pet right now. So we'll see. Um, so what does she want to revolutionize the, revolutionize the world for now? Uh, because, you know, before in the anime, it's to disprove miracles and own herself. But now what, what, what goal does she have in wanting to revolutionize the world? Now that her character is That's a really good question because, like, in this manga, it seems like her only goal is defeating Utena because Utena is getting Toga's attention and getting the power to revolutionize the world because also Toga. I don't know. We don't really get a glimpse into Jury's motivations at all outside of any motivations that are related to toga and that's actually something that i didn't really notice when i had read this the first time that you've just brought up that has just totally blown my mind yeah honestly the thing is too is like all the duelists we haven't gotten toga yet but the, in this chapter spoilers you fight mickey later and no, t- both mickey jury and seondi none of them really had any thoughts at all on the the duels of like what the end goal of these are Aside from Sony just wanted to have Anthe, Jerry, whatever, and Mickey yeah. will get to it. But none of them are dueling for the reasons, explicitly for the purpose of the yeah, duel itself. Yeah, because in the anime, all of the duels are set up to be, like, the premise is that everybody wants some part of the power to revolutionize the world. Even if they don't entirely understand what that means, even if they don't entirely understand how they would be able to use that to their own ends the the goals that they want it feels like in the anime they have a little bit more concrete goals whereas in the in the manga they sort of feel like they're just sort of like they end up in these duels as sort of a means to an end of a different conflict that doesn't have to do with the power to revolutionize the world Mm -hmm. yeah and that and that it should entirely be Utna's thing, right? Like that's Utna's whole thing in the in the show is she's st- caught up on these duels. She doesn't really care about the end goal. She wants to protect yeah. Sensei Anthe throughout it, right? So Saito also like throughout focuses mostly on Utna, and like would through like throughout kind of shortchanges everybody else, partially because of she has less space to work with, and um she so she focuses in on Utna. I, now that I'm thinking about it, though, I feel like 
there is a part of this depiction of jury which is true to the original. Yeah. And that is, uh, like, modus operandi, I said earlier, reverse self-destruction, but I think it's not true. I think it might actually be self-negation. Um, jury, like, her whole motive, like, part of her whole motivation for being in the duels and continuing, even though she obviously is disgusted by them, is to disprove something, to negate something. In the anime, she is kind of, like, she's constantly trying to keep things, either whether mm-hmm. it be her feelings about goes away. I'm not goes away. Um, Shiori, um, her feelings about like her disgust about the duels or etc. Her feelings about the old captain of the, of the, of the um, team. She's constantly like trying to negate things and cancel them out. And in a way I can't help but think of her attachment to Toga as being a reaction as being a sort of like, knowing that because of that chapter, there is something between her and Shiori that's canon now to the manga. And I haven't read it yet, but speculating here that I can't help but see her reaction and her attraction to Toga as being another case of her negating herself and her own feelings, aggressively trying to go in the opposite direction. I will say that we don't know if this new manga chapter we don't know where it sits in the canon of the manga. Yeah. Like, it seems to be almost yeah. like an AU of sorts. But again, I haven't finished it. We'll get to talk about that with uh, yeah. Imagine Me and Utena all-star Abby, Abby Saysword, who has a <laughs> lot of thoughts and feelings and opinions about this chapter. But I don't know where it sits in the canon of the manga or the canon of the show at all. Yeah. But I, I was able to come to terms with her being a, kind of attracted to Toga as understanding it as sort of like her trying to go in the opposite direction as possible, as much as possible. Like, she doesn't believe in miracles, so she literally gets into duels to gain the power to prove that they don't exist. She is trying to bury these feelings that she has so hard that she accidentally had her own. Yeah, I, I think that's valid, but also there's not a lot of yeah, evidence that, that, for that in the, yeah, in the I, book. Very Listen, I did the shit. I was news major too. I know that. Yeah, I, know I feel news. like we are greatly extrapolating on the themes of the manga, and I think that part of that has to do with how seemingly straightforward a lot of the manga is that it feels like there's a lot beneath the surface that we can sort of pick at and even if we don't necessarily get like the quote-unquote like right interpretation of it i feel like there's kind of spin to maybe mean other things or sound like other things that aren't necessarily present even if like that interpretation isn't like invalid it's still like it's not necessarily textually a hundred percent there yeah right um i mean i i we should uh, we can't sit around here bitching about jury being heterosexual forever so we should probably we could, <laughs> but it's not advisable yeah i want i want to point I, so I want to touch on something then. So during the duel, like, uh, Utena gets the power of Dios again. And I like the, like, the, the couple pages that this happens on in here because it kind of more explicitly, like, gives us what is actually happening with her when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, because she, like, gets his power, but she doesn't, like, 
she doesn't like just is overcome and like lose control. She like is looking at Jerry and she's like, I can see everything and I can see exactly what she's going to do before she even does it kind of shit. Like Jedi, you know, sword fighting nonsense. And then she beats her. And it, and like, cause in, in the, um, the show, he just floats on down and then she does the, the thrust attack and it's over. And there's nothing really about like what happens to her in that moment. Like what's he thinking? What's it doing to her? Which is in here, which I like. I do love the way that that is illustrated in the manga. Like every time that we've seen this so far, it's just like it's really beautiful and it's really weird. And like in the anime, it just kind of like happens really quickly. Like Dios kind of like comes down like a ghost from the ta- uh, from the castle above and then like Uzuna is able to strike the final blow but like in the manga we really get this like big version of like Utena getting the power of Dios and like Dios being behind her and something I wrote down in my notes is that it breaks my heart a little bit that Anthe, when she sees like Dios and the power of Dios she kind of like cries a little bit Mm -hmm. feelings yeah yeah and that's the good thing about a comic is you can you can really spend a lot more time on one moment because it's image on a page and you're not like running along with the show as it goes on so you can spend you know a good solid minute staring at this this two-page spread of this happening and just like really get into it like get in the meat of what's happening and alice alice earlier you mentioned uh tiny whiny and I've got you, girl. I'm here for you. Uh, Udna, when she draws the sword from Anthea's chest, says, I remember this. Now, she could be talking about having seen Sayonji do it earlier, but I propose that she actually remembers having pulled the sword from Anthea's chest in a different a different AU, like in a different time loop, that they're going through this again and again and again. I love that you said that. I definitely took it as her thinking that she saw Seonji do it in the previous duel, but I love this interpretation of it even more. As long as this isn't, isn't the last time loop, I'm fine with it. <laughs> no, the movie is the last time loop. That's canon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. So, let, can we move on, please? Yeah, after, <laughs> after Utena wins the duel... Mickey gets sad that Jury is sad because like they're BFFs and so he recruits Utena to help him spy on Toga. Oh, no, you, you see something really important. We get Utena in an archery outfit and she has gloves that have snowflakes on You them. are correct. <laughs> we do get a very good scene of Utena practicing archery. Another one of those scenes of Utena wearing her non-uniform clothes. And it's very good. But Mickey recruits Utena to spy on Togo with him. So they go to his dorm, which is in this big elaborate house that It's the house from the anime. It's the same it's the same house. It is, but like I don't know, the way that they built up Toga in the manga versus the anime, like it feels more it feels more grand, like grandiose in this version than in the anime where it's just like, oh, that's where Toga lives. But like one of the characters says they call it the White House because he's the president. Get it? Wow. Get it? Oh, God. God. I, 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 I hate it. Anyway, uh, we get to see the one picture that has Naname in it that is the only mention of Naname in this whole fucking. Oh, God, I got so... this manga. 
I got so mad when I saw that. It makes me so upset. I knew that we only saw Naname in a single picture frame in the manga, but I didn't know it happened so soon. And it's the only mention of her in the manga. And it makes me so She's got the same hair. You can do it. It's going to be okay. It's everything. It's not going to no, be okay. No, I don't okay. like it. I, okay, I'm not going to lie. It's not going to be. Because we get this, and then we get the worst goes away. Oh, God. We and by worst, I mean, the, like, not like, not like terrible. I mean, like, the worst, like, a bad depiction of her. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> while they're breaking into Toga's house and rummaging through all of his stuff, Mickey mentions that he has a twin sister, and then they hear someone come in to the house, so they dash into Toga's closet, <laughs> which the idea of both Mickey and Utena rushing into the closet is very funny to me. Yeah. But it wasn't a closet. It wasn't. It wasn't a closet. Was in his, fact, it was. It was his, like, Pepe Silva numbers room. It was Toga's Yeah, and I actually really like this about the manga. Yeah, that, that he has this secret room that shows the dates when everybody is going to be doing, and it, show, it shows that more manipulative aspect really of Toga cool. that we were talking about earlier. It's really, really on. cool. Yeah. Toga has this big elaborate calendar that shows all of the duels that have happened previously and then also shows duels that will happen in the future. And one of these duels is that Mickey and Utena will duel next month. Can we drill down this thing a bit? I would, I would like to point out that this calendar. Oh, I was going to do the same thing. Go on. <laughs> Time is a flat circle, Panda. Uh, no, no, no. It's a circle. Like, it's not a calendar. It's like uh, it's a literal circle with all the dates going around the outside, which implies. There's no beginning or end. Ah, really. yeah. time loops. But also, um, I guess you weren't we weren't gonna say the same thing because yes, it does remind me of the visual novel again of the chart of the people who lose their nobility in the yeah. chalk white fencing hall. Remember? So it, it, again, this is uh, again um, the visual novel having some stuff from the manga in it or some inspiration from the manga in it. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Yeah. Anyway, Toga comes in. He slaps Mickey. He throws Una out, but like acting like he's gonna seduce her, but he just. I feel door. like you're not mentioning like, the homoerotic tension between Toga and Mickey enough. Well, I mean, sure. He does go slam ahead. him against the wall, and he does like the little like oh the, yeah, the yeah 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 bit like the hand against the wall thing that's like a meme in <laughs> Japan. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is that is a a powerful visual thing that I did. And he's like, me. "Oh, you will want to duel U- How Utena." How dare he? Because Mickey's like, "No, I don't want to duel Utena because I don't want to duel over the Rose Bride because it's wrong." But Toga's like, "Nah, you're gonna want to duel her," and he says it very forcefully in a way that makes me slightly uncomfortable. How dare he touch my boy? Mm-hmm. Also, I would like to point out that I don't know if your version of the manga has this, Jenner, but Toga is wearing a Wizard of Oz shirt. Yep, yep. No, yep, yep, yep. I'm glad that everyone's version has Toga in a Wizard of Oz shirt. I feel like that's symbolic, but we're not going to dwell on that. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, Kozue shows up at toga's dorm and she's mad because utana is trying to seduce mickey 
and this makes her upset because they have this weird incest relationship. Honestly, it's it's actually a lot less of that in this. This is true. It's a lot less explicit in this version. The, yes, they're they're much more identical in in this because one, the colors are just grayscale, and they don't have the the different like the mirrored hair and eyes. But I have fit well for I, I okay. Uh, I'm a twin. I have a twin this. also. Oh wow, cool. <laughs> anyway, I um, I, I find it hard to explain sometimes if you don't have a twin sibling as to the relationship that one gets with their twin. Just then the because it's different than just having sibling because you're you're generally you're spending your entire growing up together. You're generally in the same room for years of your life. Um, but like I as a twin did not get any super weird vibes from this because uh, there is always an implied closeness in these relationships. Like even as an adult in my thirties now, when I've been separated from him for tell over a decade now, cause he moved across the country that I still uh, it's, it's a weird thing where it, even if you're not like super close and, and like an emotional sense, like now and then I will get this, this feeling just out of the blue, out of nowhere of the, that there's like this just brother shaped hole in my life right now. They just, he's just not there. And it's really, it's one of those obvious things. So like, I don't, unless it's like the really like explicit, like sexualized shit, which isn't in here, which I like, I like that. But my, my problem with the, the Mickey Cozaway thing in this chapter specifically is that Cozway is not really a character compared to the other characters in this. She's more of a prop to give Mickey motivation to do a thing, mm-hmm. yeah. which I hate. I hate that. Yeah, that is one of the big problems with Cozway in this version of the story because in the anime, Cozway has a lot of agency. She has a lot of like, even if she's doing things like kind of to spite Mickey, maybe like she's still doing, she's still making her own decisions. She's still doing her own thing. Whereas like in this version, like Utena literally refers to her as another Mickey. Yeah. And she just gets kidnapped. Um, and uh, apparently by Anthe. Yeah. Uh, Utena ends up, that's vague maybe utana ends up failing her math test so mickey is like well i'll tutor you since i'm good at math even though i think i don't remember in the anime if they gave mickey an age if they put him in contrast to the rest of the student council because here in this He's still one year behind. He's yeah, the same year. Yeah, in this version, they very distinctly point out that he is a year behind, like, Utena and Anthe and Wakaba. But, like, he understands math at their level of education. So he offers to tutor Utena because she has to take a makeup test. And so when they go to take that, or when they go to study for that makeup test, they go to Mickey and Kozaway's dorm, and Uthana falls asleep, and Mickey tries to kiss her while she's sleeping. Uh, he, do- he, he doesn't he try. Does. He, he, he does. kiss her, and I'm upset. Yeah. I also want to point out that Anthony got an even worse grade on that test than, than well, he did. She got Utena, no points. Or, 
Well, Anthony didn't try at all and was just going to take the makeup anyway. So I don't know how much that really counts because, like. That, that's, I guess that's true. I mean, she's been through this all before. <laughs> all of this will happen before. <laughs> all of this a, will happen again. I'm taking a skip loop on this one. I'm not, this, I'm not doing this This, this, this whole entire, work. like, him, the weird kiss thing is just character assassination. And I hate it. Honestly, it is extremely weird because, like, nowhere in or very little in the manga before this does Miki reference the idea that he has feelings for Utena. And then once she is there and studying with him and then she falls asleep on the couch, he goes and, like, kisses her on her mouth without her consent. And, like... He kind of acts afterwards like, well, I like Utena, so there. And it's like, but you, when did this happen? When did you start to like Utena? Why did we not know about this before you decided you wanted to kiss her without her consent? It's very strange. At least at this point, unlike Toga, there is a beat in this story where he does acknowledge that he should have gotten permission to try to kiss her, whereas that's not something that Toga ever cares yeah. about. Yeah, and I, I don't. I haven't read. I, I don't read a ton of manga. And I, I'm not like soup. I mean, I like anime, but I'm not like deep in it like some uh-huh. people might be. And but I have seen this exact type of situation happen in multiple uh, formats in different shows and whatnot, and it it always like it, it's. It's always presented as like uh, the person doing the the wrong thing as like they they just can't fucking help themselves, right. which is no it's no fucking yeah. excuse. Mm-hmm. Really, it's, it's, it's bad. But I have seen I have seen some where it, after the fact it was actually like dealt with in a manner that says no, you fucked up. You should not have done yeah, this. That's the weird thing, which is good, like, but not in this. Utena was this. really mad that Toga kissed her like suddenly without her consent, but she seems sort of surprised that Mickey did this, but she doesn't seem angry or upset about it at any point. She she tells him it's fine, and I'm furious. I am over here like, well, shaking with anger that she too. tells him well, it's fine. She's- well, she's more mad about him slapping his sister than than the kiss, which yeah, is also valid. Afterwards, but, uh, like, very different issues. I have time to be mad about both. <laughs> what happens is that <laughs> Nikki kisses Utena while she's asleep, and then goes away, like walks in and is like furious that Mickey is kissing Utena, and then Mickey slaps goes away in the face. No, well, she's that Utna is kissing Mickey, which is the opposite That is actually of a really good point. I meant to write that down, but I didn't write that in my notes. That when Kozaway gets upset, even though clearly Utna is laying on the couch and Mickey is the one that is like physically over her, Kozaway is like, what are you doing to him? Implying that Utena is the one that is doing the thing to Mickey as opposed to the other way around. Which is ridiculous. Even for a child. <laughs> so, like, Mickey is like, fuck you, and slaps her in the face. It's not entirely what he's like, but it's a little uh, bit. And so he slaps her in the face and is like, well, I like Utena, so there. You're just gonna have to get over it. We like different people because we're different people. We're not the same anymore. Yeah, because uh, honestly, the the big characterization when, when Kozai first meets Utena in this is 
is she's not like claiming ownership over Mickey, but she's like, well, he can't like it when I don't like. That's just how it is. Which is honestly a more realistic twin experience for me. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that Kozaway says is like, well, Mickey doesn't like anybody that I don't like, so clearly he couldn't like this Utena because like I don't like her. Is basically Kozaway's approach to their like weird sibling relationship. It, it, honestly, I can I can I can identify that. Mickey gets a letter from End of the World and it has Kozaway's bracelet in it. Kozaway kind of like left after like the whole incident with him slapping her. And then like he realized that she hadn't come back for a while. And then he gets this letter from End of the World and it has her bracelet in it. It's her matched bracelet. So, so actually, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Let me, let me so we see, so Kozaway runs off. She's like crying. We don't see who talks to her when she essentially gets kidnapped right here. All we see is a shoe and a foot and a hand that's shattered. And Kozaway gets it. kidnapped. And we get shot from there. So Miki receives this letter from End of the World, and it basically tells him that, like, he has to come to the dueling arena or, like, something's going to happen to his sister or whatever. And it has Kozaway's bracelet in it, so that means serious business. And... Something that I think is really interesting, if you look at, like, the page of, like, Mickey and Utena and Anthe, when, like, Mickey and Utena get to the dueling arena, like, just that page in and of itself is really gorgeous, and it looks like it could be, like, its own poster. I really really like this this shot of, like, the first time they see Anthe when they walk to the dueling arena while the lines around her. And just like she's like standing there, like this blank look on her face. Oh, Anthe with a blank look it's on her face. It's almost as if she just suddenly materialized. It's almost as if she wasn't there a second ago, and now she is, or something. And those lines indicate something. Who knows? Like she shut. <laughs> like she suddenly appeared there. But uh, so they go up to the dueling arena to get Ko's away because Ko's away has been kidnapped or whatever. And Utana decides that she's ready to lose to Mickey. Because, like, she wants Mickey to get Kozaway back, and she realizes, like, I don't have this big of a stake in the duels as you do because your sister's been kidnapped. And so she's ready to throw the match, essentially, so that Mickey can get Kozaway back. And she tells Anthe, like, Mickey is good. He'll be good to you, I hope, you and Choo Choo. And so she's ready to throw the match. But then Toga reveals that if they don't fight for real, that Kozaway is not going to be freed. Oh, and this is after they see Kozaway floating in the sky in like a glass coffin. It is a glass coffin, which is very, very Utena. She's in a glass coffin and kind of floating above the dueling arena-ish. We don't really see her for most of the fight, but we do see her as she's ascending above the dueling arena and so toga tells them that if they don't fight for real that kozaway won't be freed so they do fight for real and even though mickey draws first blood he cuts utana on her hand a little bit utana ends up winning and after she wins Kozaway reveals to Mickey and Utena, who's overhearing, that it was Anthe 
who kidnapped her for the duel. Jeff mentioned earlier the mysterious person that led Coz away to where she was going to be kidnapped for the duel. And it turns out that that was Anthe. Spooky. I like that the Toga asked um, Anthe explicitly, like, who do you want to win this? And she's like <laughs> surprised at the question for a second. Before she just goes, well, I gotta follow her to win. She's surprised at the idea that someone wants to know what she wants. I feel like that's kind of a running theme in this, is that, like, every time anyone asks Anthe what she wants, she's just sort of like, well, I'm the Rose Bride, so I do whatever the winner of the duels wishes. It's like, well, that's not really an answer. Yeah, and it seems like a genuine question for Toga, too. Like, he's not, like, smirking or nothing, just kind of watching but I like that at least for a second. She's like, I just didn't know how to answer until she has to fall back on that default. Well, I have to do this answer. Right. Um, Which gives you know, I, some indication that maybe it's not her, the real answer. Right. If this was anime Toga, I would say that he's uh, all kind of curious what, what her, like what she like, he, he's just, he's just messing with her. But since this is Manga Toga, I'm actually thinking he might actually be curious what her will is, like if she has any will or what what she wants. Anime Toga, yeah, yeah. Anime Toga doesn't have whims. Manga Toga is a human, and so he does have whims. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just comment on a thing you're looking at without really thinking about it. Yep. Afterwards. After the duel, after the duel, Kozue reveals that Anthe kidnapped her. And then when they're back at the dorm, Utsuna is trying to ask Anthe about the fact that Kozue said that Anthe kidnapped her. She's trying to ask her if she set up the duel. And Anthe just sort of kind of tries to both avoid her and also like middle road the answer she like starts telling Utsuna about like Choo Choo's necktie that she made for him because she felt weird that he was which, naked <laughs> and which I love awesome. because Utsuna's like are you sure it seems that Xtreme has nudity more than hide it <laughs> he's not wrong honestly and he gets like the little earring he's starting to look like the Choo Choo that we are accustomed to from the anime as opposed to his very fuzzy counterpart in the manga, but he's also big into dental hygiene. Yeah, so Anthe basically just avoids the question of whether or not she set up the duel, except that Utsuna does ask her outright, and she like she's kind of I don't know. She seems a little demanding about it, and this was something that really stuck out to me is that like. Utsuna asks her very leading questions. She's like, you didn't set up the duel, did you? Someone else made you. And, like, if this were any other character, we could assume maybe that, like, Anthe was telling the truth. But what we know about Anthe is that she goes along with whatever her engaged says. So when Utsuna says, you didn't set up the duel, did you? Someone else forced you to do it. And Anthe says, yes, we can't really trust that that's a truthful answer that Anthe is giving or even her own view of the situation. Yeah, that's, that's fair, actually. It, it's important to note that when Mickey mentions that he has a sibling, uh, Anthe also reveals that she has a sibling. 
Um, yeah. And, so, oh, I hated that. Yeah. Like, oh. Utana says that she's never seen Anthe as happy as when she mentions that she has an older brother, which makes you gag and dog. <laughs> We're dead. Kill us. Anthe has successfully mitigated the situation, and Utana gets another postcard similar to the ones that she had gotten in the prologue from her quote-unquote prince. And the picture on the back of the postcard is the student council rose garden. So Utena goes there, and what she finds is a toga is there. And then the chapter ends, basically. He says some bullshit about being her prince or whatever, but... We'll find out about that next chapter. So your guys' books and chapter end at that, huh? Yeah, did yours not? I have an extra, I actually have an extra story here that I read. Uh, I'll share with you guys. Um, after that might be the next chapter then. No, it's it's a, it's a bonus little uh, thing. Uh, it's the Curry episode. Oh, we have that at, uh, I think that is at the end of our book that they put the little uh, bonus chapters. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Just is. making sure that yeah. you guys have it too. All right, go on. So there's two things I want to mention because um, in in at least my copy, I got the uh, the box set with the two big massive. That's what tomes. Alice and I have also. Yeah, there's the two pages with like that's like there's Utna on one and and uh, Anthe on the other one, and there's a tiny little like four panel comic about when they were picking the color oh, choices. this is so good. Them. I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> this is a little comic that Kiho Saito did as sort of like an, a little mini editorial at the end of the chapter. And the first one of Utna is like, Saito comes up, uh, no, Ikara comes up to Saito and says, hey, do you want a red or black uniform for, uh, for Utna? Because we decided not to do in pink. We just can't do it. And Saito's like, red, 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 red. And then Nikara's like, yeah, we're doing black. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that feels very representative of their relationship as revolutionary girl Uzuna creators is that, like, he'll ask Saito her opinion on something and then she'll give it and then he'll just go with whatever it was that he wanted to do before. She really depicts him as the way she depicts him, it makes him seem like some kind of, like, strange floating, like, mystic who just like appears out of nowhere it's like no one understands he just does his own thing i love the way that saito draws herself it reminds me a little bit of one of the shadow girls mm-hmm. Wait, with the giant honking bow yeah the one on with the head. giant bow. it's wonderful i'll be right back if you guys end before i come back uh bye but i'll be right back okay chris boss pike just got home Ah. So yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah, basically, like to- she gets to the garden and Toga is there, and then that's where the chapter ends. And, and actually, at the end of this, I noticed that like Toga's hair, because it gave like the the two tone, it looks a lot like Ruka. It does. Like that, it does. It, yeah. it doesn't look as much like Ruka's hair if you're looking at like just them in the anime, but when you see it just in the grayscale manga, they look very similar. So it's a lot of a lot of precursors to anime stuff. Maybe who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know the time frame of what came out when and when it was being concurrently done and stuff. So yeah, didn't they start the anime before they were done with the the manga? Yeah, the manga and the anime were produced concurrently, so they were happening basically at the same time. 
What a weird experience to have when you're like watching that back in the day when they're both coming out and you're getting both of them and they diverge so drastically. Yeah, I knew somebody who read the manga and had seen a little bit of the anime, but like not very much. But then like they mostly had read the manga and they were trying to talk to me about this series but then they kept bringing up stuff that was from the manga and i was like i have no idea what you're talking about because this was before i had read it <laughs> like when they mentioned utana having an aunt i about lost my goddamn mind i was yeah. like how are who are you to tell me that utana tenjo has surviving family <laughs> yeah like i was i was telling jeff this like it's not right that these characters have parental figures it just it isn't yeah, I don't like. They're it. supposed to be contextless. What you'll hear in the episode that comes out uh, shortly after we record this, actually, uh, th- the episode about the prologue and chapter one or volume one of the manga is that we talk about how like the manga grounds the Utena story in a way that's actually detrimental to it as a story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But yeah, now Jenner's back, so uh, we hate this, basically, is what I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, there are some stuff that I really like, like, for example, the, the Toga Secret Panic Room, um, yeah, or Secret Plot really Room, good. is really good. That's one, that's one of the divergences that I like. The art and the outfits, beautiful. beautiful. That is the weird thing about this, is that Toga is shaping up to be a much better character than his mo- er, th- than his anime counterpart. I told you he would. You could make the argument that 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 weird room isn't him like plotting stuff. It's him like tracking down what's been happening and like tracking in the future. He doesn't actually have the foreknowledge like the world's end does, but he's actually trying to figure something out. You could, you could argue that that's what he's doing down there. Yeah. It's Pepe Silva board. Yeah. And the biggest departure is that like, and I mean, we're still in volume two. We're not even halfway done with the manga. So like we have a lot of ways that Toga could go from here. At least I don't know because I have not read farther than what we're reading for this show, but Alice has. So she could potentially answer these questions for me but i will ask that she doesn't because i haven't read it yet but like anime toga is very calculated he's very manipulative he's very attempting to be in control of the situation in every way except that he's also under akio's control but like he seems much more i don't want to say driven by pure intentions because he's definitely not but like it's just less deliberately manipulative in this version than it is in the anime. And I feel like we could probably <laughs> talk for a while about why Ikuhara has written or why Ikuhara wrote Toga to be so much more manipulative than Saito did. But we don't have time for that tonight. Maybe another episode where you look at the anime and also those couple episodes of Sailor Moon that he directed. Well, he directed like the whole... Oh, the whole season. Yeah, yeah. He directed like, the whole season, season and I could definitely talk about that too. There's a lot There's a lot to unpack in that. Oh, buddy. But yeah, so that's volume two. Mm-hmm. At the end, Toga is there and then the volume ends. We get and then the the, the we, I, I mine goes immediately to special curry episode with a little like thing about Anthe here 
Uh, turns out she's a Pisces. Have you read Special Curry Special or whatever? Yeah, but uh, we shouldn't talk about it. I, I actually... <laughs> I, I wasn't going to go into it in a summary, but... I'm going to guess it doesn't have Naname in it. It does not. I'm sorry. Then what's the fucking point? Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> what's the fucking point? I'm warming up, I'm warming up to this manga more and more the, the less Naname. <laughs> I love Naname and I'm so sad that she's not in this at all. <sighs> yeah, she's a good character. She grew, she grew on me. Um, she reminded me too much of my bullies growing up when uh, she first showed up Fair. in the anime. But then by the end, she was like, maybe I should tell Utna about how fucked up everything is because I'm aware and she obviously isn't. Yeah. And maybe I have a responsibility to like inform her that this shit, be- this shit is whack. <laughs> Naname goes through such good character development over the course of the anime and it just really breaks my heart that she is not present at all in the manga. Yeah. I would you. say that possibly she goes through the most character development out of any character in the show. Yeah, she has like a whole complete arc. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, she really does come around towards the end. Which is why she is world revolutionary Naname. And, 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 so this has been this has been Naname chat. Yep, yep. Thanks this for, has been a spin-off podcast about Naname Kiryu. Well, I was saying you could actually do like an episode, like more episode ideas for you guys. Is you could actually do just like talk about the character episodes. Well, once you're done with all the material, you could talk about the characters. Like ha- have one, just one episode dedicated to that character, so you could talk about Toga for like one because there's just so much that you could talk about. That's a good idea. But, yeah, yeah, write that down. I'll give you, I'll give you that one for well, free. Thank you. You Jenny. can't talk about Ruka though because he was never on the show. Uh, Ruka never existed. I'm sorry. Ruka's dead the whole time, <laughs> as we all know. Okay. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, no. So yeah, basically yeah. we all uh we all kind of like the anime more is the vibe that I'm getting from this conversation. It's so much gayer and, and as you know, the gayer something is, the more I like it. Me too. Okay. She's not lying. I've been around her for a while. <laughs> what about you, Alice? How do you feel about the manga in comparison to the anime. <sighs> I feel like you're a little more forgiving of it than we are. I am a lot more forgiving, but 80% of it is not as good and decidedly not as good. But there are a couple of things that are really, really cool. Like the weird panic room in the closet is actually super badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on your side in this one. I got people like, opinion. There, there are some little things like that that are that I, that they're just cool. They're too cool. Completely, they're kind of too cool for me to just completely get rid of. On the other hand, you know, most of it is terrible. And as we are already seeing, and we are going to see in further episodes of doing this, Toga in the manga is a very different character. And it is a lot easier to end this series of just the manga, if you've never seen the show, liking Togo. Agreed. It's true. It. Like, it, it, I know it's hard to believe, but like, you could actually read just the manga and conclude at the end that Togo is kind of an ass, but he's not so bad. Mm-hmm. But I can also say that you can kind of come to that conclusion about almost all of them. The student council as a whole feels a lot more actually human. And it's the only real, like, it's the one choice that Saito makes 
which I'm not a hundred percent which way I'm like, do I like it or not like it? Again, another facet of the manga that I find, I don't know if I like it more, but at least I find interesting is that it's the continued idea of Anthe talking more. She's more open with Utena, even if it's in a reserved fashion. She's more open with Utena. She communicates with Utena more, whereas like anime Anthe would just sort of like smile and shrug her shoulders and continue with what she was doing. But like when Utena asks Anthe questions, she at least like attempts to answer, even if she doesn't quite have an answer or she chooses not to give an answer. Yeah, and I think that's also, again, like the same thing with the movie where there's less space, so you can't draw yeah. that out as much as a show. Yeah, definitely. All right, so... I think that's about it. I guess it. that's all we have for the manga. Do you, do you guys have anything else that you would like to say before we come to our conclusion about volume two to plant? Jury is a lesbian. What were they planting? <laughs> that's not what they were planting, Jenner. <laughs> I'm just saying, this isn't canon. Jury is a lesbian. Don't at me. It's a metaphor, fool. Yeah, so... What, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, but, and Alice might know, is this is, this one is to plant, the next one is, what was it called? Oh, hold on, I can find this. I can look at it too, I got the book right here in front of me. I do not. To sprout. To sprout. So, what was tailed in the first chapter, plant in the second chapter, what was sprout in the third? A seed of revolution! I don't know. (laughs) Something. All right, we uh, we better close out. Thank you guys so much for having us. We'll we'll we're we're a team, so anytime you need us, we'll we'll read more and be here for you. <laughs> Always good to have you on. If you listening would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Utenicast. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Alice? You can follow me as always at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. And Jeff, if the people of the internet would like to follow you, where would they do that if you so wish to be found? Well, I don't know why they'd want to, but I'm at Heyboots on Twitter. Uh, the last thing I tweeted was a picture of uh, Choo Choo dabbing from the comic. So <laughs> I'll have to retweet that. that. Jenner, if the people of the internet would like to find you somewhere, where could they do that? Uh, you can find me at So I Endure because I made my Twitter name back when I was emo. I feel that. Uh, Jeff and Jenner have been doing some really great playthroughs of the Utena Sega Saturn game, and I will have to follow up with a link to where you can find that because those are great. Alice and I were on one portion of it. Imagine me and Utena All-Star Abby was on another portion of it that had to do with Jury, of course, and that's great. We're so close to being done. I just I finished recording the the last route that has the Udna ending and the secret Anthe ending, Ooh. which we might show you. Off yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna show you guys the secret Anthe ending. I'm editing the video right now. I'll probably have it for you to guys tonight. It's what I it's what I need to it's what I really need to stop and get working on right now. <laughs> yeah, it's on the LP though, which is LP zone. It's not hard to find. Um, it's a good site. Lots of LPs. I definitely need to see that secret Anthe ending because I have not finished the game. And if you would like to email us and be a guest on this show, you can do that at imagineandutena at gmail.com. 
If you would like to follow us on Tumblr, you can do that at imagineandusenet.tumblr.com. We are a Patreon-supported podcast. Jeff here is one of our newest patrons Woo. because he's a Woo. he is a good I, supportive boy. I, I fucked up though, and I did it after the month started. So hey, you you're still yet? doing it though, which I'm is sorry. what counts. Unless you decide to quit before you get charged, uh, in which case I will respect that. But- Sad about it. I am extremely fickle, so um, don't hold your breath. <laughs> All right, that does us for this week, guys. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. Bye. Yeah. Bye.